0: Thank <music> you. to read list. I'm Bailey and this is a podcast where I attempt to get through the 125 unread books on my shelf. Because this is the first episode, I thought I'd take a second to explain how I got the idea for this podcast. I got the idea because I went to a library book sale and I purchased six books and I took them home and I was about to put them in my shelf and I realized, Oh my gosh, I'm just adding to a huge collection of books that are just piling up. And I did a little bit of research, and I learned that a lot of people have this problem, so much so that the Japanese have a word for it. The word is called Sundoku. The definition is buying books and not reading them, letting books pile up unread on shelves or floors or nightstands. After I realized this was a problem, I took a look at my shelf, and I did some counting. Although I have a total of 456 books on my shelf, that's a lot, I have 125 books of those 456 that I have not read, which is not a good percentage. So my idea was, let's get through these books and let's do it by picking a random book and having my friends encourage me to read that book. So with me on the podcast are my helpers. My brother, Andrew. Hi. Andrew, I've known for our whole lives. Yeah, about. Um, and he has the exact same problem I do. Is that right, Andrew?
1: Yeah, that's right. I have. Um... While I did not count all the books on my shelf, I have 93 unread right now, and I definitely have fewer books than Bailey, so I'm guessing our ratios are about the same.
0: Right. But my understanding is that it's not... With me, I do a lot of reading, but I just acquire, 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 whereas you get caught up in podcasts and other things. Is that right?
1: I'm very easily distracted by other media.
0: Excellent. So Andrew's very similar to me, but my friend Toby is very different. Toby, how many books are on your list?
2: Well, right now, 49. I don't have a lot of physical books on my shelves just because I live in a very, very small apartment with my wife and my cat, and there's just there's like not room for anything. Like if we buy a new fork, we have to consider where to put it. Um, I kind of culled my larger list down um, that was a graphic word. I don't know why I used cold. I like the word cold. Um, <laughs> a, yeah. Uh, I cut it down from my larger list on my personal Goodreads, but I do want to add to it. You know, it's a living list, and it's probably... I'm probably not going to make a bunch of progress, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to see how it goes.
0: That's one of the charms of this podcast, which is that I'm starting out with 125, but I might end up with an even higher number because <laughs> I have an addiction to buying books. And somebody at this table usually buys me books for Christmas.
1: I find it very easy to buy books for Christmas because you maintain a very extensive to read list.
0: That's right. I am a little bit obsessed with goodreads.com. If you're not aware of this website, it's basically Facebook, but for books. Um, And I do have a a to read list that I've been adding to since 2006. Um, And Andrew usually nicely gets me books from that list.
1: Just so easy. (laughs) Get loved ones who make lists of what they want. And you can just have birthdays, Christmas, flag day, Whatever you want covered. Easy.
0: Yeah.
2: Veterans Day. (laughs) Even that. Even That that. took me a long time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we, our podcast is on Goodreads. If you visit goodreads.com slash the to read list podcast, you can take a look at our whole list and see all the books that are on there and get a sense of what might be chosen um, and what to anticipate. So the final person here is our sound engineer. His name is Dylan. He is
2: my husband. Hey. He only speaks in echoes.
3: (laughs) I should also emphasize that I am not a sound engineer, and this is my first podcast, so I'll be learning along with the rest of the guys.
1: (laughs) I think we can just cut all of what Dylan said there, (laughs) because he's a monster.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everyone loves Dylan. He's the best. How this podcast will work is that every week I will have to read a book from my to-read list, and one of my helpers will have to read a book from his to-read list. Um, We'll switch off between Toby and Andrew, and maybe sometime we'll have guests if we ever get any listeners. And these books will be chosen randomly through a random number generator. Dylan will come up with a random number and then pick the book that corresponds with that number. And we'll have to read it no matter what.
1: And that number comes from our Goodread list. Just in case you want to make sure that we're not lying,
2: you can track back to that. I think that the kind of listeners we're going to attract can be very, very detail-oriented. So yeah, it'll be good.
0: So uh, today, before we do our first choosing, I thought we could talk about our list in general. Um, Saying what's on it, what we're afraid about, and commenting a little bit on each other's list. So I'll start. I have 125 books, as I said. um, And the books kind of fall into four different categories. Uh, You guys can tell me if you have similar categories. My first category is books that I've started to read, but I've given up on because I got distracted and decided to read something else or do something else with my life. On Goodreads, we call those DNF, did not finish.
2: I feel like the DNF, uh, some people use it as like an insult, like, I didn't finish this one because it sucks.
0: Yeah, you definitely see that on Goodreads a lot, like, DNF at 50%. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't bring myself to finish.
2: We're deep into the Goodreads culture.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little obsessed with Goodreads. Goodreads, if you would like to sponsor us, you can contact us at the Two read list podcast at gmail.com. All right, so my first category (laughs) are books that I did not finish. Um, Those books include 100 Years of Solitude. I had 100 pages from the end.
1: You fin- You didn't finish the last 100 pages of that Ooh. book? Yeah, that was pretty bad. That's brutal. I, I mean, know. it's just, it's a pretty long book. Yeah. And 100 pages isn't, it's like a kind of an insignificant portion of it.
0: I, I don't disagree. I agree. And I, if I could go back to 2009 Bailey and yell at her, I would.
1: <laughs> well, I'm working on that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, also included on this list is the book Angle of Repose by Wallace Stegner, which Andrew thought was called. Angel of Repose until yesterday. And I'm yesterday. still not
1: sure that it's not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, also, A Heartbreaking Work of Staggering Genius by Dave Eggers. Um, the Historian, which is like a Dracula-type really? book. Really?
3: You didn't finish The Historian?
0: It was for a book club. This yeah. happens sometimes, and I didn't finish it by the date. And then I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not gonna going to keep going because they kind of spoiled it at the book club.
2: Yeah, I didn't, lo- I didn't love that one as much as everybody else did, but it was easy enough to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: My second category of books
2: can i jump in real quick before you finish with that category i definitely have a couple of those on my list um i just abandoned the god of small things oh um which i probably shouldn't have started reading before this podcast started but i was like (laughs) i was in my house it's one of the few ones that i have a hard copy in my house of and then i also have abandoned bel canto
0: oh okay that Um, one it took me a bit to get into
2: i think i read like 15 pages and you know like i think i could tell that i would like it at some point but then it was like not not right now
0: andrew do you have any dnfs on your list
1: you know i do um and they're more current i tend to be pretty good about finishing um but i have right now uh the wind up bird chronicle and station 11 which have been sitting on my personal goodreads page as not finished for i think three years and four years respectively
0: yeah i remember you reading the wine a bird chronicle which in like I, 2012. 12. Like yeah
1: one one of my i enjoyed books. It and i just fell out of it and it was one of those things where it had been too long for me to pick it right back up yeah and so it went into the limbo that is the dnf i guess which is a new term
2: for me that's kind of fitting for the way the story is though like that would be a book that like just kind of disappears gradually from your life. It's like I'm still here, but I'm not here. But whoa, whoa. <laughs> lady's gonna call you on the phone and tell you about it. Like Dylan has asked us to explain. Our engineers asked us to explain what the Blind Bird Chronicle is about. Um, and it's basically like a nonsensical story of a man trying to find his cat in Tokyo, um, but all sorts of bizarre stuff happens. And this girl recruits him to go with her to count bald men in the subway. Um, and it's very, if you ever read any Murakami, it's very typical of him. Where nothing makes sense, but it's fantastic. He spent some time at the bottom of a well. Great I, book.
0: I was not aware that cats were involved. I thought it was about birds. So maybe I should add that to my list.
1: Oh, Bailey enjoys cats. So just know that about <laughs> I
0: think her. everyone on this podcast enjoys cats. I'm surprised. That's true. I'm surprised
2: it took, uh, what, nine minutes or whatever (laughs) to get to that fact. (laughs)
0: I'm surprised my two cats haven't walked into this room and started meowing at me yet. So my second category of books on my to-read list are long classics. And they're ones Mm. that I've carried with me on many journeys across the country. I've moved across the country three times. I've moved many apartments. And I just hold on to these thinking, A, I will read them someday. And B, like, maybe my future children will be glad I had them on the shelf and they can read them.
2: Wow. I didn't know it extended to future children. You really don't want to read these books. You're like, ah, the kids will take care of it. Someday. Our mom has a
1: similar situation. She has a shelf full of, like, books that might be from the early 1900s. <laughs> yeah, like, they look really, like really classic, but also titles I have never heard of before.
0: And you see it, and you assume that that person has read all those books, but really they just have them on they the shelf.
1: It. Like, it's like books by Charles Dickens' weird cousin. <laughs> <laughs> pat dickens denny (laughs) (laughs) uncle dickens
2: (laughs) my grandparents uh were big readers of reader's digest condensed novels Do you guys ever see those yeah
0: yeah i think i read frankenstein so
2: weird yeah Yeah. like it was just like oh want to read these books but don't have the time or the will to read it's like want to read like a less quality version of them i was never i never understood them and they had bookshelves full of them
0: on my list of long classics we have some really scary ones with really high page counts which listeners should get excited for me to have to read this includes anna karenina the count of monte cristo that's a great one the name of the rose and the one i am most afraid of the cream of the crop les miserables Mm. Mm. i'm gonna have you guys guess right now how many pages you think les miserables is
2: 1200
1: 1222 God Okay, damn it
0: andrew looked
1: no you asked me this question yesterday
2: <laughs> uh, hey well, that, that was pretty good for me <laughs> that was totally really good really Toby. That hey, 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 hey. Hey. um i wanted to say i've abandoned anna karenina and the name of the rose oh so, you know <laughs>
0: there
2: you go <laughs> are they on your list now or they should be i'm gonna add them to my list right no i'm not I'm gonna i was add gonna one say are you to sure list. you want to? i'll add the name of the rose to my list okay. how about that
0: okay yeah, I'm really scared about Les Mis, I think. Especially because I already know the story from, you know... The world. Musicals.
2: Same
0: <laughs> 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 From show choir in seventh grade. So I feel like that will make me less interested because I'll know, like, you know, what happens to Cosette or whatever.
2: Spoiler alert. Something happens to Cosette. <laughs> uh, I have one that's not a well-known classic, but it's a classic in the fantasy genre called Titus Grown. Um, it's part of a series called Gorman Gast, and uh, it's also an abandoned one for me. It's really long and supposed to be really good, and it is really good, but it's so incredibly slow that it just, yeah, I abandoned it. And then I also have a tree grows in Brooklyn, which is chunky, but not super long. It's oh, that's like,
0: really, that'll be quick.
2: Yeah, but that's not super long. So I don't I don't think I do have a, any really, really long ones. I have a lot of long ones, but we'll, we can get into that a little more All later. Right. But specifically
1: in the realm of the classics... I have a lot. I have a similar thing where it's like I have accumulated versions of this book, knowing that I should probably have read them, but I just haven't yet. So I have *Crime and Punishment*, *The Mayor of Casterbridge*, uh, *Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man*, which is short, but, but I have James never Joyce. been able to get through a James Joyce <laughs> book. Short stories, yes, but not a whole novel. Uh, *Paradise Lost* and pretty much the entire completed works of Jane Austen. So yeah, like, I have in a lot one of volume. volume? No, no, not in one volume. Oh, okay. So I was like, that would be no, brutal. Like <laughs> I have Persuasion and Pride and Prejudice and Emma. Have you never read Pride and Prejudice? No, I have never read Pride and Prejudice. I have seen several different versions of it from miniseries to film.
0: I feel like the three people that are listening to this podcast are going to be very surprised when I say that Pride and Prejudice is a DNF for me.
2: What?
0: And I'll, I'll tell you why. I was reading it when I was in college and I was trying to balance it with like schoolwork. And I was just like, oh, gosh. I know how this plot turns out. I got to put it down. And then I just never picked it up again. Not, But I was into it. So I'm excited to read it.
2: Yeah. Oh, so that's on your list as well?
0: That is also on my list. Rad. But I would I classify that,
2: and, um, that one and Count of Monte Cristo, which you haven't read yet, Bailey, as like long and classic, but very fun. Okay, like cool. they turn out to be super readable, especially, yeah, um, Count of Monte Cristo and The Three Musketeers. I remember reading and being like, this is so fun. Like it's very easy to read.
0: I actually added it to my list because of you, Toby. Oh, hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. hey. Then uh, the third category is nonfiction in general. Here's the thing. nonfiction's not my favorite. I'm looking forward to all the thrillers on my list, all the young adult properties. Um, also, The Stranger Beside Me by Ann Rule. I'm, I'm into true crime, so I'm psyched for that. Nonfiction, not so much. So I have um, The People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn, which I've read some of, but it's, you know, pretty long
1: it is specifically 729 pages
0: you have it on yours as well i'll
1: get into why i know the page count for that all right um
0: and then i also have uh one that was given to me by a really good friend uh, which is called the mitford's which is also long and then no turning back a history of feminism which will be fun uh this final category is a cheating category because it's only one book the category is called books that are in french and the book is called L'Armée des Ombres, which means Army of Shadows. I bought it when I was studying abroad in Paris in 2006. And it's been about 12 years since I've spoken French or read French. So we'll see how that one goes. Ooh la la. Toby, tell me about your list.
2: My categories are pretty broad. Are, I only have three. Um, the last one is pretty broad, so it covers a lot of ground. The first one um, is specific to me. I have a lot of sci-fi and fantasy classics. Um, it's just because I... Grew up really liking sci-fi and fantasy, um, but I, I liked a lot of the stuff that was published in the 90s when I was a kid. I got really into the Red Wall series, which I guess is loosely fantasy.
0: Red uh, ball's on my list.
2: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. When you read that, I'm <laughs> <you're> so <laughs> excited. Um, but that was just the stuff I loved as a kid. And then you realize as you get older that there's this whole incredible history um, some of them very good, some of them not so great, um, and some of them like very problematic in terms of subject matter. So they're, but they're always interesting books, and it's always interesting to read them and see things that are so common these days, especially with culture loving sci-fi and fantasy so much these days. These things that the culture at large might be like, oh, what a cool new idea, and somebody had it in like 1952, but they had it in like a weird way. That have you ever read, read any Arthur C. Clarke? He has these ideas that people use all the time today, but he doesn't quite know how to execute them because he's just doing it for the first time. So that stuff is really interesting.
0: That's always really cool when they come up with, when people in the 50s or 60s come up with technology that we're using today.
2: Yeah. Or even like technology, but also like tropes. Like this alien that behaves this way. Right. I should have written down some tropes. But anyway, you get the general idea. So yeah, I'm excited. A couple um, examples of that. There's a book called consider Flavus, um, Flavus. Which is Flavus. 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 Um I've got The Fellowship of the Ring on there, which I've never read. The Ring. That's the a, ring.
0: I'm, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm that's excited a, for you. I, I'm not a huge fan of the Lord of the Rings books as much as Harry Potter, but I think that that'll be a good one.
1: They don't need to fight. <laughs> <laughs> you can like both of
0: them. We can all look at the ring and admire it.
1: We
2: can all take the ring to Mordor. Um, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I've got Titus Grown on there, which is a classic. Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's some really classic stuff. You know, people these days when they write science fiction and fantasy, they're very good at making it fun and kind of including a lot of action. And back in the day, some of these guys who were working on really hardcore science fiction and fantasy, they kind of were like, oh, action, it'll happen when it happens. So they can get a little, they can be a little slow to get through. But I do love them. You guys have any science fiction and fantasy on your lists?
0: i definitely don't have as many as you but i have a few david mitchell books i've got cloud atlas the bone Ooh. clocks
2: nice those are both great
0: i'm excited for that um i have uh aldous huxley's brave new world um which i taught without having read fun <laughs>
2: you went you <laughs> well, that's never that. Like well, no. <laughs> so
0: i was a student teacher so i was more like observing without still
1: i know still people this is who you're dealing with <laughs> Also, Cut that brave, out.
0: Brave, Cut that
2: out. <laughs> brave New World, not a five pound book, no, like no. very, very, slim, very, very doable.
0: Um, this one, I don't know, it's kind of obscure. It's called one, nine, eight, four.
1: Oh, oh, no, that's actually called 1984. Oh, I didn't know that until recently. Sounds lame. <laughs> Just kidding. I also have that one on my list, but I think aside from that, there's not really anything that stands out for me that's sort of uh, fantasy or sci-fi.
2: Would you say that's a genre that you don't or two genres that you don't particularly enjoy or is it like you get them and read them and so they're not on your to read list?
1: No, I definitely enjoy them. It's just not something I have sought out that much. So I do have some on my shelf, but I've already read them and I just don't end up accumulating a bunch of them. Fair but enough. I, I, I would definitely be open to getting some more on my shelf. Because it is kind of stark looking at your list and being like, "This is all sort of <laughs> yeah." I haven't heard of like any of these nonfiction books.
2: Yeah, I will. I will say I was a little bit. It sounds like you guys have the physical books on your shelf, and I created my list, uh, so I definitely had a little bit more flexibility to be like, "Well, I wouldn't mind reading this in two weeks. I wouldn't run, you know." But I did still make the list with the spirit of these are definitely books I've considered reading before and have put off. Right. Um, and then the last, um, the last broad category is random recommendations and classics. Things like uh, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, a classic that I've heard about since I was probably like in my early teens. And did never...
0: um, 10-year-old Bailey recommend it to you?
2: Uh, yeah, she did. It's <laughs> real weird. There's, yeah, The Right Stuff by Tom Wolfe, which I've wanted to read for a very long time. Uh, classic. Yeah. Oh, there's Money by Martin Amos. Is it? you know if it's Amos or Amos?
0: I always thought it was Amos, but I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I love Martin Amos, um, but his books take a long time to get through. There's uh, Libra by Don DeLillo, um, which I find him very challenging. Um, he's pretty not, dense. Yeah, he's dense. He's not even—he's not quite up to James Joyce level, but there's just something about his books that doesn't really... I enjoy them, but they don't draw me through them. I have White Noise on my list by him. I've abandoned that. You've abandoned that
1: one. Okay, because that came very highly recommended to me by a bunch of my friends, but I just I've had it on my shelf since college basically
2: the only one of his i finished was one called zero k which is one of his more recent ones which i actually really enjoyed because it had a sci-fi twist to it
0: um
2: yeah so that's it that's that's my list
0: do you have a title that you're particularly worried about being chosen
2: yeah it is the don DeLillo because i found white noise so impossible to get through i'm so excited (laughs) Uh, maybe you'll love it um, I'm, sure, I'm sure I would have been fine if it was, like, for an assignment. But just as a, you know, sometimes I, I have an attitude towards reading where I'm like, there's so many books that I want to read in my life. If I'm really, really, really struggling, you know, I could die tomorrow. And do I want to die? Yeah, why you force know? it? Yeah. And then um, as far as ones that I'm particularly excited to read, um, I put a for sure, like, candy treat book on here, which is called Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson. It's an extremely long The extremely fun fantasy book um, with lots of, like... It's like Game of Thrones, but much better.
0: Is that part of the big... um, Not trilogy, but... Isn't he doing a series, Brandon Sanderson? He's doing
2: two series at once. Um, Both... He he does that kind of, like, big fantasy trope of ten books of a thousand pages each.
0: Holy crap. So,
2: this is really cool. Like, imagine... You know, people have said that, oh, there's a possibility that Stephen King's books sort of all exist in the same universe and they could all sort of be in the same world. Brandon Sanderson is doing this thing where he's doing several series, 10 books of a thousand plus pages each. And he said explicitly, they are all in the same universe. They're in different planets in the same universe. And there's going to be a plot point where these like 30 or 40 books all come together and like interact with each other. I hope he's not writing a check his pen can't cash. Well, he's Mormon as hell, so he writes a thousand-page book every two years, like I hope clockwork. He doesn't <laughs> what does on... being Mormon as hell have to do with that specifically? He, he just got the work ethic of a crazy person. He just cranks it out.
0: He would get in a fight with George R. R. Martin. and yeah, definitely he's, win.
2: He's basically the anti George R.R. Martin. He cranks them out, and they're really good.
0: What I like about this list and this process is that it's like you're calling—it's like you're calling yourself on your past promises. Like, if I've added this to the list, it's because I intend to read it, so I will. And so, like, the Don DeLillo, it's like, okay, I'm going to force myself to do it. Definitely. So, Andrew, what about your list?
1: So, some of the categories you guys have said um, also apply to mine. The classics section, there's definitely a section that I bought for College or school, and maybe only read a chunk of it for class because it was assigned, or maybe didn't finish the assignment in class.
0: Oh. I
1: will admit, I was a. <laughs> sounded
0: like a ghost. I <laughs> was the ghost
1: of Professor's Past. I didn't finish every book that was assigned to me as an English major. I'm sorry.
0: Oh.
1: I didn't
2: finish nearly the, all the books that were assigned to me.
1: I yeah. obsessively finished every book. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Though I would actually say,
1: sort of, the broadest category of things on here are books I've accumulated just sort of because they've interested me in. Have somehow fallen off. So, though I sort of took, in thinking about my list, a more pessimistic approach. <laughs> I immediately identified the titles I really didn't want to get drawn. Pessimistic. Hmm. Um, so the reason I knew the, the page count to People's History of the United States is because I've kept a running tally of uh, the interesting nonfiction books that are hella long that are probably going to destroy my life when they get drawn, at least for the two weeks I'm reading them. So just a selection of some of those. We have Apollo's Angels, um, A a History of Ballet by Jennifer Homans, which is 643 pages. Five Came Back by Mark Harris, which is about uh, Hollywood directors going into World War II. Uh, 511 pages. Inferno, The World at War, A Reasonably Exhaustive History of World War II.
0: (laughs) Is that really the subtitle? (laughs) No, that's what I'm adding
1: to it. (laughs) by Max Hastings, which is 752 pages, People's History, 729, The Signal and the Noise by Nate Silver, a book about statistics and statistical modeling, and Probability, which is at 560 pages, and uh, Tudor, The Family Story by Leona Deleese uh, at 539. I really like nonfiction, and I tend to accumulate a lot of it because I'm interested in history and biography and all that. However, the size of those books after the initial like bookstore excitement of buying them has meant that they've stayed on my shelf.
0: The nonfiction up ones always feel longer, even though it's like, okay, five hundred pages is not so much if it's Harry Potter, but when it's nonfiction, it's like, oh, oh
1: Yeah, and literally just the weight of those books has kept me from reading them, I think.
0: Like picking them <laughs> it's been up like, and taking oh, no, I the cannot Sunday.
1: take this on my beach trip. This is
2: <laughs> too I am curious heavy and too much about World War II. <laughs> I am super curious about the ballet one. Is y- it yeah, tell me about it. Well, it's, a, it's about the history of ballet. Um,
1: the entire history. The entire, starting from wow. uh, Louis Fourteenth, The Sun King's Court in
0: France. Andrew wrote his thesis about the Russian ballet.
1: Yeah, no, I... I, uh, <laughs> I did not know this. Yeah, no, well, like, uh, an interest of mine is ballet. I enjoy the history of it. I enjoy watching it. I enjoy listening to the music. And so, yeah, I was on a best of list from the New York Times at one point. So I picked it up. Best Comes of books about...
2: Nonfiction books about ballet. I think it was books, <laughs> number number books of the
1: year. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm making it up in the world, Jennifer. Uh, <laughs> it's also from like eight years ago, so it's not a new thing, but okay. it's good. Um, so yeah, ballet is a, a passion of mine, and that's why that book's there. did write my thesis on it. It was a, a fictional account of uh, a ballet company in Russia, but we don't need to get into that now. There are a couple of also long fiction books on that I'm just a little put off because of the length. Uh, A Brief History of Seven Killings by Marlon James is on there, which is about 688. It's not about 688. It is 688 pages. (laughs) And, um, I mean, Paradise Lost falls into there. Crime and Punishment falls into that category as well. But bringing it on home are two terrors. The two towers of my list...
0: The horror, the horror.
1: (laughs) One is called O'Neill, Life with Monte Cristo by Arthur and Barbara Gelb. It is a 784 page biography of the playwright Eugene O'Neill. And its font is the tiniest I have ever seen. I have it because um, in my separate thesis, (laughs) because it was also a drama major, I was in the play Long Day's Journey Into Night. And we did a lot of back research on Eugene O'Neill. But I never got through that book because... It is a monster. I use it as a bookend on my bookshelf. That's how big it is. It's big enough to hold up all the other books. It's It's hard
0: to believe that there's that much to talk about in one person's Uh, life. He
1: is a fascinating person. There is a lot of interesting anecdotes about him. I just don't know how I'm going to deal with almost 800 pages of them (laughs) in a two-week period. I
2: love the idea of it being like a book bully. Like, it's so big, it's like, eh, I'm going to hold you guys in place. Like It's like, immovable.
0: Le Mis is similar.
2: Yeah.
1: And this brings me to the biggest, baddest bad boy in the whole darn world. And that's... The big bad wolf. The bad boy boy of my shelf is a book called The Anatomy of Melancholy uh, by Robert Burton. It is a sort of... It defies genre. It is a sort of fake science book by this guy in the 1500s, I believe, named Robert Burton, writing in Oxford, sort of trying to do a scientific study of what makes people sad.
0: Oh, man. It's been
1: called one of the greatest works of prose in the English language ever, but it is 1,424 pages, and it was written in the 1500s. Don't quote me on 1500s, but it was (laughs) written a long time ago. I
0: am so psyched for that. That sounds
2: amazing. I'm excited to hear you talk about it. (laughs) I'm
1: (laughs) I'm actually really excited. I bought it because I was so excited about it. It seemed so weird and interesting, but being Forced to read it in a short period of time could drive me a little insane.
0: What I like about that is it's like page count, year written, title all sound just like a bear. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's
0: like, whoa, whoa, None whoa. of
1: those are like, oh, that could be fine. <laughs> um, just to highlight a couple ones that I'm sort of looking forward to I've never read Dracula. That's on my list.
0: Oh, that's on my list too.
1: <laughs> oh, um, I've the read old man it. this.
2: <laughs> oh, nice. All three of us? No, oh, no, I have read it. It's oh, fun. you have read it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could have been read part it for, of the free club. I read it for a gothic fiction class that I took when I was studying abroad in London. Oh, cool. That's fun. That's yeah, a fun one. Yeah.
1: I have The Old Man and the Sea on there by Ernest Hemingway, which is very short. Mm-hmm. That'll be a nice one, and I also uh, enjoy Hemingway's work in general. So excited for that. Tenth uh, of December by George Saunders. Oh, I love that. So good. Yeah, I heard is awesome. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about that one. It's something that I've had on my shelf for a while. Everyone's only ever told me it was great. I kept it on this list, even though I probably wanted to read it outside of it, just because I knew I needed a few things that would be like, okay, I'm actually excited to read this. Yeah,
0: You have Lincoln and the Bardo on your list, right, Toby?
1: Yes, I do. Okay, so we both have Saunders. That's good.
0: I really like George Saunders.
1: Yeah. I also have Wuthering Heights. Um, I have that, too. Which um, I know isn't necessarily everyone's favorite Bronte book in the world. I have abandoned that one as well. oh Uh-oh. But I'm excited about it. I, um, this is one I confessed that I was supposed to read in a Victorian literature class in college, but... Um, didn't because it was a a. 7am class and i was a very slacky senior that year
0: i had to tutor a kid that was writing a paper on it and she assumed that i'd read it and i didn't correct her
1: (laughs) (laughs) the deepest secrets are coming out right now (laughs) Um, but I, i i remember enjoying the 40 pages that i did read it and i was i was sad that i couldn't finish it and then lastly is my favorite thing is monsters by oh, Neil Ferris. Yeah. oh man that's gonna be great yeah which is supposed to be a great graphic novel and uh another one of the books that i've sort of put off reading so i could have it as one that comes up to me <laughs> candy from, book
2: candy yeah, I love book. it although it's not gonna be like a psychological break for you there's no, some I mean, there's some traumatic tense, stuff in there but
0: it's a quick read
1: yeah oh yeah, yeah but i i love graphic novels um I'm surprised I don't have more on my list, but it's because the ones I've owned, I've I've read very quickly.
0: Cool, I'm excited to start this book journey.
1: Book journey.
0: Book journey. Book journey. Uh, Dylan, I think you've chosen some books for us for our first choosing.
3: So the way this is going to work is that I've pulled up a random number generator and I have uh, everyone's good read list. So I will pick random numbers for everybody uh, and then they will have to read the book that corresponds with the numbers. (laughs)
2: Tony no reduce. Very mean. I'm so nervous. I kind of want to not read it now. Find yeah. out what
3: happens. You'll read it and you'll enjoy it. I'm also going to flip a coin since this is the inaugural episode, and that will be the person that will be going up first. So for Andrew, you have number 15, Catch 22. Catch
1: 22. Okay, that's good. I'm not afraid of that one. Wasn't on my candy book list, but I'm, I'm feeling good about that.
3: Ooh. For Toby, you have number 44. A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Damn it. Oh.
1: That's what you get for
3: saying it so many times. <laughs> and this. I called it down upon myself. And then for Bailey is number sixty seven, A Movable Feast by Ernest Hemingway. Ooh, that's a great book. I love that book.
0: i really I'm excited for a movable feast. I've been meaning to read that for a while and you I do like be Hemingway. That's really good oh, and it's not too long it's this quite is gonna short. be great yeah that's good it's kind of nice that we all have classic books yeah. kind of yeah coin toss
3: and it is heads toby will be going up first gosh <laughs> darn it a tree grows in brooklyn all right
0: i think you're gonna like it toby
2: the only reason i'm not super excited is because i've literally been putting it off probably since i was like 12 years old
3: so you're saying that when you were 12 you just banked out the fact like yeah someday like you know 10 years from now i'll be on a podcast and then i'll read it
2: that's how i solve a lot of my problems i think i'll just start a podcast related to them and sometime in the future and i'll be forced to do them
0: well, thanks for listening to the To Read List. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email the To Read List Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Goodreads at goodreads.com slash The To Read List Podcast. We're on Facebook and Instagram at The To Read List Podcast and on Twitter at To read List Pod. Thanks to Toby and Andrew for co-hosting the podcast with me and to Dylan for being our sound engineer. And of course to Jilly and Beth Durkey for composing our intro song. We'll see you in two weeks. Happy reading.
2: Books, books, books,
1: books, 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 books. books, books, books.